Welcome back to the Flix Forum podcast with Jesse and MJ, where we go back and look at Netflix original films in the order of release. This episode, we are looking at Netflix's 48th film. It's the 2017 Cambodian-American biographical historical thriller titled First, They Killed My Father. It's directed by Angelina Jolie, and it stars Shremok Sorem, Kompik Fung, Sochita Sveng, Dara Heng, and Kim Hak Moon. Welcome. Hey, mate. This is number 48. I can't believe we that far in <laughs> even though we you know we live them i watch every film we talk about every film i still it still gets me when you say that number at the start of the episode because like you think about it we watch the film we write some notes yeah. do a bit of research get together record it put it up we spend a lot of time with these films it's good as well I it, think i'm not saying it's a bad thing i'm just yeah it's, half the reason we started the podcast in the first place is because we love talking about films and yeah. I, I like the fact that when we're putting the decision of what film to watch and talk about completely up to someone else and yeah. it's great. And yeah, we have, yeah, like I said, no choice. <laughs> and sometimes, you know, most of the time, we haven't seen a lot of these films. Out of 48, I had seen one, one of these yeah, beforehand. I'd seen like four maybe. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's well, good to see some stuff. That and what's good about it, and this is what Netflix is doing really well, is how broad it is. So last week, we, <laughs> we did a film called Hashtag Reality High, which is a teen comedy um, that was, you know... Fantastic, yeah. But it was it was very kitty and yeah. it was weird humor and it was it is what it is. But this week we're doing this. <laughs> it's like it couldn't be further apart. This this almost takes us back to the start of the journey. This oh, it is doesn't this, what? this yeah. is like if you go back and listen to our first episode, Beasts of No Nation, this this film is pretty similar. Very similar. Pretty so similar. many similarities. Uh, and both certainly have a place. Um, and, and both I can certainly see where the filmmakers are coming from. But we're jumping ahead, aren't we? We are, we That's are. So we'd like to do a fast flicks where we kick off the show. You should go first. Okay, I'll flicks, go first. Jesse, so we, we kick off and, and give our little quick summary of the film. So mine is quick. I've gone the heartbreaking journey of a young girl during the Kuma Rouge regime. Yeah, mine's not dissimilar. Um, a recollection of the atrocities undertaken by the Khmer Rouge told through the lens of a young girl. Bang, and that—that's pretty much the story. Yeah, there's so much more you could say, yeah. but it, it would kind of do it an injustice. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I feel like that you need to keep it simple because, and I'm not saying that this film is simple, but um, yeah, I, I don't even know how to explain. As it. weird it's as just, it is, yeah. plot is yeah, kind of secondary. Exactly in yeah. this film. Um, exactly. And as soon as you start saying this is what happened, and this is what happened, and this is what happened, you kind of going off the course a little bit from what I think Angelina Jolie is trying, trying, to, to, trying to do. Yeah. So <clears throat> this one, I, I feel like, so we like to have a look at anything we've found out about this film. And mm. I feel like this one had a plethora of information. So what, what's something that stood out to you about this film? Yeah, it really did. Um, prior to watching the film, I didn't realize, well, I kind of picked it up during the film that it was based on A, a true story, B, um, a, a book, which I guess more a memoir from the, the lead character. The shot was based on a true story. Based on a true story. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> sorry. I didn't. I didn't I know gonna... it was based on a book. <laughs> on a book. Yeah. Um, so that was based on Luong, who's the main character. Luong Ung's memoir, which was the same name. First, they killed my father. Mm-hmm. I, I, when was that published? Did you know? I didn't. I didn't see the date when no, it was published. No, I didn't get that either. But uh, yeah, so I, I've sort of had a. This is based on the reading. I think it's not that long ago because I feel like there was a bit of criticism about the book about it's a child revisiting her memories of what she felt 
When you say not that long ago, the one thing I did find out is that Angelina Jolie read this book 17 years ago. Okay. So it's at least 17 years. 17 years, years yeah. <clears throat> but, Sorry, so probably the distance between the events happening and her writing it, was there was a bit of a time. There would have been. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, yeah. she was young. Yeah. So, I mean, once you watch this film, and, and we should probably say right now, even though we're, we're only touching the surface at the moment, but we are going to spoil the film. So yep. if you're interested in watching this film, definitely give it a watch, and then we'll try and give you a lot more context on it throughout this podcast, because... This is one of those movies that when you watch, you do want to research, even if we weren't doing it for the sake of the podcast. There's just things that you want to read about. And um, I yeah, I sort of found out that Luong Ung and Angelina Jolie met through the, their activism work, both of them as activists in Cambodia, shortly after Angelina Jolie filmed Tomb Raider. So that's how long ago it was. Oh, wow. Um, and yeah, one night they basically found themselves swaying in hammocks in the middle of a monsoon and talking through the night and basically been mates ever since. So they adapted the screenplay from the from the memoirs years ago. Yep. And after a lot more drafts, it was Netflix that actually agreed to fully finance and produce the project in 2015. Hmm. Um, in June of that year, Angelina Jolie got the support of Rithi Pan, who's a Cambodian director of a Khmer Rouge uh, documentary, The Missing Picture. So Palm became producer on the fact that this was obviously a Khmer language yeah. project. So he took the lead in a lot of the meetings and authorities to establish permission to shoot on Cambodian soil. So yep. it's a big journey for them all. It is. Yeah, so Jolly signed on in 2015 and they started filming that year. So yeah. um, And then obviously spent a bit of time putting it all together because it didn't come out till 2017. So what, they shot it in 60 days. And I think yeah. <clears throat> even getting the... They were really worried about getting the permission to shoot in Cambodia. Have you seen The Killing Fields? Yep. So The Killing Fields for me was basically my only, or my introduction and my only real source on what happened in Cambodia. Cambodia. Yep. That's that's kind of all I knew. Um, so I wasn't obviously going into this film with no knowledge, but my knowledge was quite small and it definitely made me want to learn more and, and, and it taught me more. Yep. But I think if you watch this film without any knowledge, you struggle a little bit just because they don't bother to try and educate you at the start. They're basically just saying, this is the world, you know, deal with it. And I think if I didn't really understand what was going on, I'd be like, why is this happening? So what, what's, what's led to this point? Why is this here? So oh, I, I feel like that, you don't really need to know what's going on around um, Long's character. It's more about her. Sure. So the things that are happening around her, you don't need to know the background really. And if you do know a little bit about it, it'll be more impactful for you. But I think you'd still, you could still get a lot out of this film. Oh, I don't doubt that. Yeah. I don't doubt that. Um, I'm probably jumping the gun a bit. So it had a brief theatrical release in Cambodia. Yeah, um, shot in February of 2017. Yeah, and then it premiered at TIFF um, September 2017. Yep, and it played before it went to TIFF. It um, went to the um, Telluride Film Festival in the USA as well. I did see so, that yeah. actually. Yeah, yeah. Um, nominated for a Golden Globe. Yep, that's probably that's what I've got down as its probably biggest nomination. Yeah, for best motion motion picture of a foreign language film. Yep. So it was I, beaten yeah. by. Did you get it? No, you go. In the Fade, French German film. No, no don't I know. I wasn't familiar with it either. So I added up all the nominations it had. 
Uh, so it had 34 nominations yep. across a variety of different award categories. A lot of them around best foreign language. Yep, yeah. correct. And it won nine. So out of the 34, it won nine. Pretty impressive. And it was shortlisted for <coughs> the Academy Awards. For, well, yeah, I yeah, saw that they submitted it for, for Academy Awards. Yeah, yeah, entry, but didn't make it. Um, but yeah, like, yeah. And then, you know, it had a lot of... After it debuted on Netflix on the 15th of September, it did premiere at a lot of other festivals too. Yeah. Which... Which is probably this is probably one of the films that has had the most uh, th- theatrical release. From what we've done yeah. in yeah in these forty eight films, yeah, Beast of No Nation is probably the other one. Yeah, um, budget of twenty four million dollars. Yeah, so shot in sixty days, budget twenty four million dollars. Probably that's a big commitment for Netflix at this point in time. Mm. Um, really getting behind it, but still for the the um, the aesthetics of this film, I feel like that it's well spent. For sure. And yeah. look, I, I can imagine it wouldn't be all that expensive to shoot in Cambodia. Yeah. Um, and the point being, Killing Fields, which is obviously based around the same kind of story, was yep. filmed in Thailand. Yeah. So this was the first time they actually went back to Cambodia and did it there. But just for some context, some $24 million budget films. Well, good. I, I, <laughs> I wrote down here because one source I said had it at 22 mil. Okay. The other source I saw had it at 24 mil. So it's the same sort of range, but I was like... I don't know if I'm going to be able to get MJ on this one and be like, I've got the budget. Can you give me some films? So I'm looking forward to it. Okay. Well, $24 million, a couple of the more popular films for $24 million, small budget, but Scream 2, old school. Fences, probably one of the more recent ones. There wasn't many recent Denzel ones. Denzel Washington. Correct. Yeah. Denzel Washington. And the original Point Break film was $24 million as well. So you can do a bit of work with $24 million, but this is probably on the higher side of $24 million films. Swayze's um, Point Break twenty four million will probably be about a fifty million <laughs> film today. It's very true. Well, you know, you count for inflation. No, of course, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's why that you know what I tried to find. Yeah. Even Scream Two is late nineties, old schools, early two thousands. Yeah. Still, no, no. That's, that's why that's Fences good, was yeah. probably was the one that I tried to get that was most. Uh, so Angelina Jolie, I guess the reason she's got this connection with is because she adopted. A Cambodian kid. Yep. Yeah, and um, she actually has Cambodian citizenship too. Yeah, um, I, I see. I learned that. Yeah. During this. Um, and her adopted son Maddox is a co a co-producer on this film. Yeah. yeah. So um, would have been about eighteen, I think, by the time this film was made. Yeah. So it's a nice sort of little kickstart to to get that you know ability to get into the. Yeah, um, she made the point that industry. he was um, you know very hardworking, and this was a good opportunity for him, um, a great chance to see not necessarily like see where his ancestry you know lives and all that kind of stuff so very important for that sense as well i didn't realize she became a citizen in 2005 yeah so she'd been a citizen there for a long, for a long time. time yeah um i yeah i really thought that the um they have a lot of those statistics at the end of the film about the the deaths that this actual genocide um you know blows your mind doesn't it's it? crazy a quarter of the population yeah in four years, it's crazy. It's, it's that's so many people. Insane. Uh, what's the amount of people again? It said it like like uh, two million or four million or yeah. It was it was something really like out of control. Um, yeah. Anyway, it, 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 it sort of breaks your heart a bit to think that people have that lack of respect for humanity. Was was there that. a thing at the end that said like this is an important story to tell, or did I just write? That? I, I think I read that somewhere. Yeah. And it's just, it's just as simple as that is. It's just like saying, "Oh, you just watch this film, right?" And you're like. Oh, why did I watch that? Well, what's, this is important for people to know. Like, I mean, in um, pre-production, it had, you know, um, at first they <coughs> killed my father and then the subtitle for it was A Daughter of Cambodia Remembers. Yeah. So it's about remembering the past and it's a lot like with these Holocaust films as well, it's about remembering what's in the past so that doesn't happen in the future. Yeah, Because you, you don't want 
this atrocity to happen again. So Angelina Jolie basically said she made it for Cambodia. She made it as a kind of a thank you, a love letter. There hadn't been a story on this scale that would reach people in their own language. That's yep. probably a good point. Yeah. Um, with them being the hero, like Cambodia, mm. uh, they they fought back and they got themselves back to to what they are now. But yeah, and there are you know there's hundreds of films about Vietnam, hundreds of films, and because yeah. America's really heavily involved. Correct, correct, and yeah, you don't get a lot of and America was involved in Cambodia too. Yeah, so well, you, you see that yeah, at the start. Yeah. You do see that at the start. So it's interesting that yeah, there's only a couple of films that I can think of that that actually cover this story. Yep, there is. Um, Rwanda. I don't really think there's many stories about Rwanda either. I've seen Hotel Rwanda. I have seen, seen Hotel Rwanda. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, that's heartbreaking. That movie. That yeah. We may, I think we may have spoken about that film In, on here before. I think we spoke about it during Beasts. Yeah. Beasts of No Nation because it kind of. I studied that in year, when I was in Year Twelve for oh, international studies, um, and I have taught that myself a couple of times just to open kids' eyes. I watched that at home on a Saturday night by myself once and just Whoa. broke me. Yeah. <laughs> I knew what you I was getting someone, into. You need someone there with you for that one. <clears throat> no, that was rough. That was really rough. Critical consensus for this one was pretty positive. Very positive. 88% on Rotten Tomatoes on 67 reviews. Reviewers would like this. You can see critics getting behind this. Mm. This is but a real critic. The same thing. thing. Rotten Tomatoes, the audience had 80%. So, is that right? Okay. So pretty high for the audience. And that was on nearly 2,300 reviews. Well, 7.2 out of 10 on IMDb. Which from, is pretty high. From nearly 11,000. No, that's, that's very that's high. That's very high, yeah. If you're given anything over sort of three and a half stars, oh, well, and there you go, letterbox three and a half out of five from nearly 4,000. Um, those numbers are a little bit smaller than I thought, to be honest. Um, as in the rating, the yep. amount of people rating, rating them. But no, they're good numbers. It was um, it was a good move, I think, for Netflix. For Netflix. For this, yeah. And you know what? I wonder how much this paved the way for Roma being what Roma was as well. Um, mm. Because this is uh, a year and a bit before Four, Roma, yeah. and they obviously pushed Roma really hard from a from an awards perspective. perspective yeah. Um, and I think they found themselves a nice little niche in this foreign language area. Yeah. Anything else that you wanted to share about the film? Uh, look, just again to um, put some credit in what Angelina Jolie is trying to do for Cambodia. She only used, she used only native Cambodian child actors who spoke the Khmer language. Um, she cast soldiers from Cambodia's actual army to stand in for the Khmer Rouge. Um, she wasn't... She wasn't trying to make a big Hollywood blockbuster. She she had a mission in mind and, you know, Luong Ang is her friend and she wanted to do it justice and... and Tell yeah, her story. Credit to her. You know, she could have... She's got the means to do a lot more stuff with this and, and she stripped it down and, and made it what it was. So, credit to her. All right. Let's have a chat about some characters. Oh, sorry. Before we talk about characters, we need yeah. to... Our early thoughts on this what, what are your early thoughts? I really, 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 really love this film. I, I I thought it was moving. I thought it was made really well. It looked beautiful. And I was anxious watching this film. I felt this anxiety um, for the character's well-being right from the get-go. And I was, on, I was on edge. Okay. I was on edge. Yeah. What about you? I appreciated it. Yeah. Um, particularly for its ability to not hold any punches. Um, really put yourself in Luong's shoes. Yep. I do think that the commitment to telling the story as a five-year-old had its barriers particularly from a context perspective, which I spoke about earlier. Yeah. Um, and I I, I, th- I thought that the child's perspective kind of shielded the audience from some of the harsh realities. Mm. And it built 
just a little bit of confusion and chaos, um, which made it a little bit of a slog to get through at times. Okay. I, all right. Good. So this could be a little bit no, of a good discussion. I, I, I liked the film. I did yeah, like the no, film, no. but I could see that there were just some barriers there from, from really... Because some of the things that you've mentioned there are things that I really liked about it. I liked the child's perspective and I really appreciated that. And I, I don't think they're bad things either. Nah, yeah, I, I, yeah. I, I, get, I get where they're coming yeah. from, but it does impact my entertainment level and enjoyment level. So. Okay. Good. All right. Well, let's talk about some characters. <clears throat> let's do it. Go for it. I'm. I've only. I'm only gonna like. I only wanted to really talk about Long. Really. Well, here's your chance. So I thought the the performance from that kid was awesome. Her only acting credit. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Obviously, very little dialogue, and but you didn't need the dialogue. No. Um, and that probably comes down to a bit of Jolie's ability to direct. Mm. Uh, and you know, the I felt I was watching this film as if I was her. Mm. And I just loved that perspective yeah, sure. from her eyes. That's the one thing you can't forget in this whole film. Mm. You are watching this from her perspective. Yep. And if things aren't factually correct or if things aren't the way that you expect them to be, that's cool. That's how she saw it. Exactly. And you need to remember that yep. when it's, you're watching this whole it's film. It's the kid's interpretation of what was happening. Um, and that's what actually gets me to um, her father is how much of him was how his daughter saw him. You know, like her father was amazing, selfless, strong, wise. But was he? Like, or was this just how Long remembers him hmm. as this great guy? And that's, you just need to check that every time you're judging something and you go, no, this is what a five-year-old girl thought was happening at the time. And that's what those opening scenes where they're sort of marching away and getting forced here and there. And I don't think you truly... Uh, that's probably a bad way of putting it. But <laughs> as, a, as an adult watching this film, you can understand all this atrocity that's going on, but that's not really conveyed on screen because the adults are actually being calm about it. Long's like, okay, this is kind of how it is. And it's it's really strange. And I put this in my scenes as didn't hate it, didn't love it, but wanted to talk about it, is that despite my brain knowing where this was all headed, the feeling of being doomed isn't really portrayed on screen at all early on because... She doesn't feel threatened at all. And it slowly gets to that point where she's like, something's up here. Like when she's like, you said we could go home in three days. It's been three days. But those first three days, she's not worried. No, and she felt safe. Yeah, and her parents are giving off good vibes and everything's going quite well. And um, there was it was a, just a cool way to do it. Through, have through have you seen... There's a film called Life is Beautiful. Have you seen it? It's an Italian film. Um, no, I haven't. The guy... I feel horrible for not remembering his name... Um, his surname starts with B. He he won the Academy Award for Best Actor that year for for a foreign film, um, and it's about a adult, a, a male adult in a concentration camp with his son during the Holocaust. Right. And That's the film true. is literally the perspective of the kid and the dad trying to tell it like pretend life's normal. Mm, so even though they're in all these striped pajamas and all these types of things, and it's literally the the dad making life as normal as possible for this kid. Mm. And I just had these mem like to me it was that these parents like for the kid for long, she life was almost as normal as it possibly could be. Yep. And the parents were a part of that, even though you knew that they were trying to deal with everything else on the yeah, outside. Yeah. And, and you could see that through multiple scenes. Yeah. That movie know, sounds heavy. You need to watch life is beautiful. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah. But anyway, that's that's that yeah. No, that, sound, that sounds really yeah. similar. That's yeah. and that's the vibe that I got really early on. Yeah. There was there was a breaking point in that, obviously. But 
Um, it was a very interesting way to look at it early on because, yeah, me being somewhat familiar with what was going on, I was yeah. like, this isn't being portrayed. This is, okay, I'm watching it from her perspective yeah. and that's why it's not being portrayed. Yep. Um, is there anything else you want to say about her? Again, I thought I thought she was great as well. Yeah, like you mentioned about the dad and you know, I thought they tried, yeah, like you said, they tried to make it out like that all um, the kids thought was that the dad cared about them. Yeah. A hundred percent. And, but you get these little shots of him like burning his passport and, and just these little things of him arguing with the uncle and auntie about being there cause he's a danger cause of his yeah, job. Yeah, yeah. So as bad as he felt, he still just wanted the right thing for his kids. And you know, when long takes these grains and then he like blames the it on the rats. Yeah. He, sorry. Yeah. Grains of rice and blames it on the rats. So she's protected from the brothers. Like no, that was in my scene. That's uh yeah, that was beautiful. Yeah, anyway, and so, heartbreaking. Yeah, I yeah, I, and I didn't like. I didn't want to talk. I was like, oh, we could talk about these characters. And I was like, no, I don't. I just want to talk about her because this is literally just her story. It's not I about agree, yeah. what's happening around. It's a, a character story about this kid. It really was, and I didn't have all I had was her part, and I just wanted to mention the difference between Pa and Ma. Yep. Where you, whereas he always felt in control and was willing to sacrifice everything. You could feel the weight slowly get to her, and that was that was tough. Her seeing her mum like that, she never saw her dad get to that point. Very um, true, yeah, and yeah, yeah, and you could see it almost in the mum's face at times that she was down and out. She was she was done, and when the dad was gone, that was it. Yeah, she had nothing left to give. Yeah. Uh, so Angelina Jolie is a director. This is her fourth, no, the fourth film, fourth, fourth or fifth, fourth. Yeah. yeah. So in twenty eleven, she did this one called uh, Land of Blood and Honey. Then she did Unbroken, which was filmed in Australia. Yeah. Um, and then By the Sea, which was with Brad Pitt about a relationship in France. So three, out, like the first one and then Unbroken and this one. So three out of her four films that she's directed have been war films. Yeah. Um, so maybe, yeah. She, uh, have you seen Unbroken? No, I haven't. Unbroken's a really good film. Um, I thoroughly enjoy Unbroken as well. I haven't seen the others, but Unbroken, um, it's about an Olympic American runner and how he um, gets captured by the Japanese. And oh, okay. it was filmed, a lot of it was filmed in Australia. Well, she she actually mentioned um, off the back of Land of Blood and Honey. Um, that's and this is kind of talking about why it works on Netflix. Um, she liked the idea of this being on a streaming platform because viewers could watch it when they're ready. Yep. And if they are struggling with a certain portion of it, they can put it off and, and turn it off and look away for a little bit because a lot of the feedback she got from Land of Blood and Honey was that people who were Bosnian, you know, said they needed to stop, take a break, come back to it. So she was really aware that that would probably be very similar for particularly a Cambodian audience, but anyone, any audience who can... And it's, yeah, it's tough. It's a tough sell for a film to be like, hey, you're going to go sit in a cinema for over... Well, with ads, you're in a cinema for over two and a half hours yeah. and it's not going to be an enjoyable experience. Nah, you're right. Uh, very right. Um, yeah. And I, I really enjoyed that the cast were all unknowns and locals, like you said before. It, yeah, it was great. It was so good that she didn't be like, oh, I need to get one yeah, we'll just name get to one. sell yeah. this film. Yeah. It was clearly never important to her. No, like you said, she just wants to tell this story. I enjoyed story that about like that. about reading about it and stuff with it. Yeah. Do we want to look at some scenes? Yeah, I think I think we're ready to look at some scenes. Okay, tell me what what did you like? What stood out for you? Um, yeah, I, I kind of struggled through the first half hour in the sense that it, it felt a and and this this sounds overly critical, but it felt a bit aimless, which was the point, and, mm-hmm. I, and I'm I'm okay with that. But there was nothing that stood out for me early on. So 
there was a scene where the dad said, if they find out who I am and the children, then the children, you and the children will be in danger and you must do what I discussed. And that was the first time that I got interested in the story of Luong specifically because initially it just felt like she was this fish that was in a stream and we were just seeing everything that was going on yep. and we we're going to get that individual direction of her story, um, which we did. And, and that was a nice turning point and that piqued my interest straight away. Um, yeah, I think this is when I started to get into the film when, when Luong put her hand on, I think it was her sister's arm when she ate that bean. Um, she ate the bean in the field and then she got sort of scolded yep. and they're walking away and she puts her hands on her hand and you started to, or Luong started to realize what they were actually in for, but she still maintained that human decency and care for others, which is basically the only thing that was going to get her out of the other side. Yeah. And that was so nice and, and so real. Um, you mentioned this before, but this one got me when, um, after she eats their rice and the dad blames the rats and the brother hits her and the dad doesn't get mad at anyone. Um, and he holds them close and just says that they have to love each other. Yeah. Yeah. That was my little heart was hurting when that happened. Yeah. I was like, this, so like, this yeah, is he rough. Knows he's only got a certain amount of time with them. Yeah. yeah. And, and he knows, he knows that they need to stick together. Yeah. Oh, that was tough, but that was a beautiful scene. Beautiful scene. And then we get to the landmine scene where yep. she's knows that she's walking through a field with a bunch of landmines. And that was truly chilling and terrifying. It felt a little bit silly where people were kind of just running around and blowing up. I think they could have done that a little bit better. It, it felt a bit willy-nilly. But watching her stand there, weigh up the situation and understand that I am in a whole heap of shit right now if things go wrong. Like, this is it. I, I, I really enjoyed that scene as well because to me it was like that realisation on her face of I was a part of people who did this and put built these yep. these traps and, um, you know, she was freaking out and just that, like that, rec- like she didn't have to say anything. It was just that recognition in her face of, hey, I've done this. That scene, I don't people. even know how long it was. It might've even been like two minutes. It felt like it was half an hour because yeah. I was just in it. I was just like, oh my God, this yeah. is. Um, and then the final one that I liked, probably off the back of that, when they find that um, Kamar soldier and they all start beating up on him and then they all kind of walk away and then Long's the one that goes there and, and kind of stares at him. And to me, it was just this whole realization for her that we're all human. In fact, almost for all of them there, we're all human why are we doing this to each other? You know, despite the fact that you've done atrocities to us, why are we doing it to you? When did we get to this point? And that whole scene was almost just like a commentary of how do we get to this? That was the one scene that I kind of didn't like. It was the end, only the end of it when she stands there and looks at him. I wasn't a massive fan of her, like looking at him as if it was her father. Okay. I didn't think of that. Yeah. Like, cause she kept having those flashes as if like, you know, this is, this is her dad. And like, is this the sort of thing that happened to her dad? And that, I I don't know, just based on the journey that we'd had with her, I don't know that, that I was happy with that was the finality with her father. Because yeah. that was like the final scene that you, she's See. coming to grips with her dad's gone. And I just, I wasn't a massive fan okay. of, of her resembling that guy with her father. True. I guess, I, I think I just saw it more on a human level. Yeah. Um, this man is a human. Like yeah. my father was a human. Yeah. Why did they do it to him? Why are we doing it to this guy? And it, it, that, that sort of struck a chord with me. And, and maybe that's like with me with the title of the film. And that's why I don't like it because, yeah, I'm not a massive fan of the title of the film because... I, I was going to get okay, to that. Well, yeah, we'll get to no, that a little bit later on. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. No, that's that's fine. But I was going to get yeah. to that. 
but for probably for a different reason yeah, than you. Um, but that, yeah, that's that's the stuff that I liked in this film. All right. Well, most of the scenes I liked weren't necessarily for what was happening with the characters. It was the way it was made. Yeah. And okay. the way the camera worked. And I thought Jolly did an awesome job with the camera in this film. Um, and literally it started off with me building this connection with this kid straight away because the camera just tracks long as she goes through the house mm-hmm. and she gets out to the balcony and it's like she's trying to reach for this helicopter that's flying above and it's just, she's trying to grab it and it just sets up this innocence of this kid. She's like, mm-hmm. I can grab that. That's in the sky. Look, look, I can, I can see it so I must be able to touch it. And to me it was like straight away, okay, this kid has got a lot coming for her. Yeah. Um, and, you know, this was followed up by the next scene is the kids are all sitting at the table playing footsies with each other and they go out and play hopscotch and it's just this total, like, innocence of these kids. It's a really similar setup to Fantastic Beasts yep. where... <laughs> Beasts of really... Nation. <laughs> We're not doing Harry Potter on this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really similar when uh, when Grindelwald or whatever his name is. <laughs> no, really similar to Beasts of No Nation that allows for that juxtaposition between then and now. Because yep. I remember at the start of Beast of No Nation, like, this kid's got a great life. And they just do enough in in this film as well yeah. where they're like, she's got it good. They've got it good. It's a great life. Yeah. They're all happy. What a great family. I even like the follow-on though. Like, when they start traveling a little bit and then there's this girl who's just washing herself, having this bath, and just the look in her eyes of her watching and going, okay, I'm no longer in a house, so I can't wash myself in the shower that I'm used to, but I need to watch this girl. So when I bathe myself, I know what I to know do. What doing, just yeah. this learning of this, this, this kid of what to do. And then it cuts, they're eating beetles and they're just having fun. It's like, these guys are just kids. They're still kids. And look at yeah. this learning they're doing yeah. just as kids. I, I thought true. that was cool. Um, and like I said before, the point of view, I thought the, a lot of the shots where it's like your her point of view was amazing. Um, the high angle and low angle shots throughout, they were everywhere. Mm. And I thought they were really... I wrote their killer, like impactful. They, they, you know, there's these parades of people marching. There's these workers in the fields. Then you've got ones of when Long's in the jungle and you've got these long angle shots of her, like being trapped by this jungle and these enclosures. Okay. And you've got these high angle ones of like the kids training and the huts of where they lived when they were abandoned. Yeah. And the kids hiding in the water at the battle, just like, and the complete destruction of the battle. They were all just done so well intertwined with, just so you've got the the Context. overall picture of what's happening. Yes, this story is about her, but hey, these all these massive, big, high angle shots tell that overall story. Great, as well. great point. And it's probably one of those things that you just take for granted, don't you? So yeah, very, very nicely done. The dream sequence thing as well. I thought I, I thought this was something that I liked as a thing oh, because yeah. so long. Whenever she had a dream, it was almost this horror that she was facing, and there's this scene where it starts off with her having to throw her red dress away when they, they go through this checkpoint and they're not allowed anything that's like individual or anything like that. And she has these flashes of her wearing this red dress and how happy and these happy memories that she has, you know, good times with her brother. And then she's, they see this dead body in the river that they sort of prod to push downstream. And then from then on, it's like, you know, she stuffs her face with all this colored food. And then it's like the visions are of her dad rolling into a pit and then being in a field and her mum in a pit with all these dead bodies, like mm. just these dreams of her interpreting what's going on, but it's gone from these nice dreams of, oh, these good memories to these future dreams of... Even though she doesn't necessarily know that's what's happened exactly, to her Exactly, it's her interpretation yeah. as well. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, just, yeah, wow. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I thought that um, there was this scene where Long was trying to get changed on the car and yeah. they've got this towel and just the camera work was amazing. Like just to... 
of trying to get change behind this towel. And I just felt like, you know, when back when you're at school and you're like trying to change behind a towel, this yeah. way, and it's just like, I could relate to that as a kid. Like yeah. you don't want to get change in front of people. So you got to do your best to cover it up. And just this whole, and she was thing. still thinking like, why am I doing this? Exactly. Why can't I be at home yeah. in my house? Um, and I thought they did a really good job of continuing this, her not exactly knowing what's going on, but being there when these conversations are being held around her. So the parents would often be inside and she's peering <clears> through the, the gaps in the, in the, yep. the bamboo or, um, you know, did she really understand? I don't know. That's a, like, it really got me early and I, I almost put it in the scenes I didn't like, but it didn't really bother me in the end. When the like, very first scene with her dad, when her military, when his military mates there as well, and they're talking about like military yeah. things. I'm like, why are you having this conversation with your daughter in the room? But then I'm like, well, maybe that's just how she thinks it happened or uh, maybe that's just her interpretation of it, which I'm okay with. And maybe it's even her looking back and being like, <clears throat> I had no idea what they were now, but, but now this I is know what, it was. what they yeah, were talking exactly, about. Yeah, exactly, yeah. I really like the scene too. So the mum tells the kids, you've got to go. Mm. And then so she sends the two oh, brothers and Long off. And they get to this crossroads and there's this big sort of, I'm guessing it's a Buddhist, yeah, Buddhist some statue. Some sort of religious icon. Some sort of religious icon. And they, go, they, they stop, they pray. And it's like this crossroads. They're going to go in different paths, uh, but they all end up back together. Mm. And then there's this final shot at the end of the film where the actual people yeah. now are praying together at this thing. So it's like this connection that they've got that we pray, we come back together. Yeah. So it's like this connection they have as a family. That's a good point. I like that. I was really glad that she didn't separate from her sister, although she got separated eventually by chance, but yeah. she didn't, when the mum said, you all have to go separate ways, yeah. I was like, no, I'm glad she didn't. And I, I sort of like, like, you know, when she gets that pass to go back and see her sister. Oh yeah. And then as soon as she walks past the statue, I'm like, she's not going to her sister. That's what she's I gone all the way to mum. <laughs> like, <clears throat> But I just like that you got that reveal. You worked that out yourself while watching this. I yeah, they didn't, really didn't spoon well feed it to you. Yeah. It took me a while as well. I was like, but then no one was there at all. No, because they'd all been that was it. cleared out, that killed. All, they, but, that, oh, but they were used as laborers as well. So I'm assuming there was an area there that they had to do work on and they harvested all the crops or that area was now useless to them. Yeah. Uh, that's what I assumed. Or that... The Vietnamese were coming. True. Yeah. Because they attacked them pretty soon afterwards. probably more accurate, actually. Um, But then also, like, so after she goes there to see that her mother's gone, I just thought that it was really impactful when she comes back that you just get these quick, short little shots of how focused she was now on, like, her training, on her learning, this aggression that she had. She was ready to kill. She was jarred. Yeah. She's done. Mum's gone. She's like, I'm ready. Like, um, and uh, I'm nearly there. So there's the, the, the kids are like, sort of walking they're walking they're walking and they get to this bridge and there's the soldiers in the green uniforms and it's, there's no no subtitles and it's, it's it was just great knowing that they don't have to tell you that they're crossing into Vietnam or they're Vietnamese soldiers just without the subtitles you know they don't understand what they're saying so we don't understand what they're saying either. true yeah because you are Luong yeah you're Luong so you're like they're speaking a language I don't have subtitles I don't know what they're saying she doesn't know what they're saying mm. they're obviously Vietnamese yeah. and they didn't even need to have like if you think back to like Siege of Jadersville, they had like literally road signs that said, now crossing into this area. Yeah. This film is so clever that you don't need that yeah. because they do it in such a visual way. And I just really appreciated that. Uh, and finally, the the scene near the end where they're at this Red Cross campsite mm-hmm. and there's this lady giving birth in a tent and Long goes in and she just has this smile on her face which just tells a thousand stories like that there's this new life coming in. Yeah. Life's going to continue. And it was just so much from this one kid. Yeah, I was I, just like, I oh, this is too. awesome. Yeah. You only watched this once? 
Yeah. You soaked it up really well. You, you, yeah. You've got everything. You, that, that, yeah, I just, uh, that were just things that stood out. And I was just like, these are awesome. No, I good. really enjoyed that. That's a good effort. I reckon that'd be one of those things where you watch the film a second or third time and you pick up more and more, but I reckon you've sucked it dry. You've done well. Thank you. No, well, I, I don't know. I, mean, I was uh, maybe I mean I was into this a little bit more than you were. But no, yeah, was, yeah. Was, like I don't know. I'd... But not being into it doesn't mean no, no. I should miss yeah, those things. Exactly. Yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> maybe that's because I was from the start that literally that scene where I could say, "Oh, this kid," and mm. I just I was I was I was clinging to her. I just yeah. I, I just wanted her to get through. Sounds how I felt with the girl from Okja. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> So what 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 yeah. wasn't what didn't stand out? Dude, I don't have any scenes. Yeah. I, I but I do I do think that it was weirdly paced. Um for for a host of reasons that probably worked for you. Yeah. Um I just had a little bit of trouble with time, how long time was passing, um, and what was actually happening and where they were and how far they'd gone from each other. I, I just lost context of that, which was exactly how long would have felt, exactly mm. how you're probably supposed to feel as an audience. But that pace Sometimes um, I felt the movie was pretty, not flat, but nothing was happening for a long period of time. Then maybe something would happen, but was it happening? I, I wasn't too sure. It was jarring because like she'd go to sleep, she'd have this dream, she'd wake up, you don't know if it's the next day yeah. or what it was. Yeah, A lot of time must have passed because yeah. you mean, we're talking about what happened at Phnom Penh being four years yeah. really. Um, and you know, I, I don't know for sure, but I'm assuming they were basically in the city. At the start. So I'm assuming they would have been one of the first people to get moved out. Yeah. By the end of the film was kind of the end of um, the Khmer Rouge yeah. reign. So Yeah, so you possibly yeah. the whole four years. Yeah, that's it could have been, it might not have been. Um, and I don't want to speculate, but yeah, I found the pacing hard to keep track of. Yeah. But yeah, there was nothing that I specifically didn't like um, yeah. in terms of scenes that, like that didn't work. Yeah, the only thing that I spoke about before was that scene where she kept seeing her dad in this guy. That yeah, was getting sure. Up. That was the only thing that didn't sit massively well. That's all right. We watched, we looked at that one differently. Yeah. All right. Well, what was the film saying? Like, what are some themes? I, I want to say as blunt as possible that this theme is probably not the right word, but this was just an important story to be to told. told. Yeah. Um, yeah, as we spoke about a quarter of the country's population killed by the Khmer Rouge. Like, wow, seriously. Like if nothing else, that's what you should take out of that film. Yeah. This happened. Let's not let it happen again. Good. Yeah. Um, there's a lot more to it. Trust me. But that was, yeah, let's be blunt about it. That's probably one of the main reasons this film was made. Yep. Uh, yeah. I, so I was, what I was looking at it again from just as if I was that kid. So the survival thing, like mm. just staying alive, doing what you have to do, lie about your name, work as hard as you possibly can so you don't get shipped off, whatever you need to do to stay alive. And again, like the loss of innocence, like yeah, seeing all these things happen around you, even though it may have taken her time to realize what was happening, like it was happening around her. So that's going to have some sort of impact yeah. somewhere. Um, I like this idea of her dreaming too, like not knowing what happened, but dreaming or having these visions of what had actually happened. So maybe that's a little bit of closure too, like that you need some finality behind what had actually happened to these parents that you didn't actually see what happened to them, but you need for yourself some... Of course, how could you not speculate, right? Like, the dad died, but like, like if you're five years old and your dad walks away, did he die? Like, how could you not think maybe he's all right? Like, maybe he's just gone to another town or... And like, do you imagine based on all the things that you're like, there are lots of scenes where she sees dead bodies or people being tied up or things like... I'm sure it's a combination of all those things that she imagines this is what happened. Which, which one was his end? Yep. Yeah. Um, the US bailing on another conflict. Yeah. 
<laughs> what was was that siege of Jadeville that happened as well? Uh, well that was a no, UN. Yeah, that screwing was a UN. Up. It was. I know what you're talking about. The one with Lakeith Stanfield. Ah, uh, War Machine. War Machine. Yeah, yeah, yep. yeah that one. There's a little bit about corruption too. Like it, it didn't need to be a, a bad film about communism versus capitalism or anything like that because it didn't have to be. But you know, it was tough for Long as a kid to understand this when she's gone from this living in this house where she could have whatever she wanted to being told possessions are, are worthless, yes, we're all the same, but then having to work so hard and then seeing all these things that you're working hard to produce these awesome fruits being shipped off to other people. So where is this, like, as a kid, how does that make sense? Where's the logic? Yeah, at? because it's like, we've got all these awesome fruits. All I'm allowed is a couple of bits of, of rice, but, we're, like, they're shipping off all these awesome, lovely produce to other people. It's a good, And it comes down to the propaganda that they're selling them as well. Yeah. Um, but that doesn't... And I'm sure that's how it was doesn't sit well with me that that was the Khmer Rouge's motto that we're all equal when like you're absolutely not these guys were prisoners and don't pretend like they weren't so but was them was that them trying to pump the communism ideals but yeah it was but and and as I said like let's not try and this was a this was an evil yep, race of yeah. people let's not try and justify what they did and, but you know what they have to have had these ideals in their head that were that were working but it doesn't sit well with me that that was the way they went about it because were you trying to recruit these people to be part of your regime or were they prisoners yeah well if you didn't do what they said you got killed so. that's, yeah, that's what I mean so it wasn't just like hey change your clothes and objects mean nothing and you're one of us because it's not what it was I was forced upon them yeah exactly and, and that, that's like communism across Europe too it was forced across people. exactly yeah. so then, uh, yeah. yeah how is it ever going to be successful because then like her older brothers and sisters went to fight right for this fight for this team that wasn't their team crazy but yeah. that's what happened I guess yep. then the last thing weapons I, I there were so many shots, like you just had these shots of guns, guns, guns in your face the whole time. And I just thought that was really impactful for what does this mean for kids? Having this in your face. This is a child. All, yeah, all the time. Does that lead to this ideal that maybe guns are not the norm? You need weapons. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, that, that's... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't think about that. I guess watching a lot of war films yeah. recently. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, what do we take from this film? Well... I wanted to talk about the title, um, okay. and I, I think I've got completely different reasons for you, because this is a film where I remember I was struggling a little bit for direction early, yep. and when there is a film called First They Killed My Father, I'm waiting for the father oh. to die before the direction's going to take place, and he doesn't die until an hour and 10 minutes in, and that's kind of when the film took direction too, which is, which is okay, because I like the context that they created and they were doing other things. But I would have changed the title for that reason because Average Joe is watching this film saying, oh, this is a story about this girl's father who died and then what happened next? Because yep. that's, that's how I was looking at it. And I struggled with that sense. Didn't want him to die though. But yeah. then I was like, maybe this is the death of his innocence. Yeah, so the, the death of who his father was before he actually died. So right, there's a minimal way to look at it. So yeah, and you you saying that I'm trying to I'm thinking a little bit more again about what I was about to say because I'm like okay so maybe don't change what you're gonna no say. no no but now now what you've said I'm like okay so maybe the death of the father was when they left that house that's him as a person is gone but now. you know what that's only been me thinking about it for days afterwards that I thought I was thinking you know what I was actually getting off the train today 
And I was walking down the escalators like, maybe that's what they meant by first they killed my father. They, they, they killed who they he killed was. They killed him as who he was, yeah. yeah. And that, that's good. Because like I, I was like, okay, so if you're going to go with this, is it like you go first, comma, they killed my father? Because it's like first, then they did that. Because I was... The sister died first. Ah, uh, okay, you're thinking... So I was like... In literal order. Yeah, in literal order of that film, I was like, okay, the sister died first. Why have we got this title? Right, Because okay. I was like... I was thinking... This like, was the first person visually, they Because everything family. else in this film to me was visual. Yeah, okay. Everything, like the dreams, her dreams were visual. The point of view was visual. So to me, to me, if you're going the visual route of what Long was seeing... The visual first, first death is my sister. Yeah. So first they killed my sister. Because to me, she doesn't know... Because everything else is ignorance to her, really. Well, not ignorance, sorry. That's the wrong word. But, like, she she takes her a while to catch on what's going on. Especially, like like yeah. I said before, Massively. three days, why aren't we going home? Yeah. So to her, her father wasn't dead when they left that house. Like, his... his but on the... If you want to get real literal with it, they didn't kill her sister. They put her in a position where she got killed. But they didn't. They literally yeah, killed her. It's father. a very interesting title. It is. It's, but yeah. it's the name of the memoir. Yeah. So, true. so if we read the book, maybe we'd have more of a context to potentially. To but I'm why. assuming that's the story. Yeah. Uh, I, I I thought it was exceptionally well made, but I did have issues with the intro and the outro, the start and the end. So the start was like this montage <coughs> of actual footage of Nixon, U.S. president, as well as like footage of the napalm bombs going off, yep. all that sort of stuff. So I guess Press I know releases you, and yeah, yeah, I know you need the context for the film, and that that's okay. And then the end is this scene with the family together the now family, yeah. praying, and I was like, compared to what we'd seen for the rest of the film, it was just a little bit um, yeah. When you different. think when you think uh, the, I can see what you're saying with the opening scene. But when you think about Angelina Jolie writing a love letter to Cambodia, that final scene is perfect yep. to, to sign off on that. Yeah. I guess it gives a little bit of hope that yeah. these, these people did survive and that they're still... I think when you're sitting through a story that grim, and it, it's super grim, you know it's a true story. And when you're watching a true story, you never actually know how many creative liberties they've taken. In this, it seems like they've taken very little. Like, this is basically what happened. So to see that at the end, knowing that this is how they ended up, it's pretty heartwarming. And a story like that can can really use a bit of heartwarming yep. Yep. nature. I agree. I agree. I, I would have watched this at the cinemas. Oh, it would have been a lot better at the cinemas. Yeah. It, would, it would have been. But to your point, it would have been a hard slog. And, Massive and to Angela Jolie's point as well, so someone's sitting there going, why am I putting myself so through, through this? this? And it's, that's not a reflection of you not being an empathetic person no. that's it's, it's hard to swallow and it really is Schindler's List is one of my favourite films and that's not an easy film to watch either As Schindler's List is a great film that I've seen once okay. that I'm in no rush to watch again yep. but it's a great film yep. same with have you seen Room a few years ago Room with um, Brie Larson, Brie Larson yep. great film wouldn't want to watch it again yeah. so sometimes the, the content or the material is just a bit too much to swallow sometimes yep. yeah you need to be in a hell of a right mindset for it. Yeah. Did you go on IMDb at all? I didn't. I reckon yeah. in the 48 films that we've done, I reckon this is the first time I didn't. I, I did after I watched the film to see if anyone like anyone had been in it. Like you said before, this is her only role she's done. The only thing I did afterwards was IMDb Angelina Jolie's son, who was the executive producer, because I read the name on the credits yep. and I saw that it was Jolie Pitt was a surname and I was like, Oh, like, is he done other producing yeah. roles for them? Um, that was the only thing. So, Had he? Or? No, no. no. Okay, yeah. 
Have you got any questions you want to ask? Yeah, I do. I, do. I thought of one whilst we were talking, so I'm going to ask you that. Good. Because you have very much enjoyed this film. How much do you want to read the original memoir? You, you're jumping the gun on me because that's going to be our social media uh, question of the week. <laughs> wow, I've never, got, I've never picked jumped, that. You've jumped it. You've jumped the gun. So. Well, how about you personally? Yeah, I'd like, I'd, I'd like to do a bit of background. More like Obviously, we knock off a podcast away to watch the, watch the film, all that sort of stuff. I'd like to read a bit more about her as a person. You I'm pretty sure she, for a bit longer. I'm pretty sure she lives in America now. Yeah, from something I read, I'm pretty sure she lives in America and she goes backwards and forwards. And the idea is she's in America, she's married in America to an American. Right. And her ideal is that eventually when their life in America is done, she's moving back to Cambodia. And something I read was a little bit about the husband's like, you know, he's got to come to terms with that because that's what's happening. Right. Yeah. Gee, you think you discussed that before? Uh... No, oh, no, no. <laughs> the, way, no, no. <laughs> the way you said that. I said that. No, he doesn't no, want to do it. No, no, no. Bloody oath, we're going to do it. No, I meant like, so he's he's got to deal with like the oh, rest sorry. of his life. Oh, sorry. He needs to understand. Yeah, and understand that where, for where a part of her from. story, she needs to he needs to go back and live there with okay. her. Um, yeah. So, yeah, what about you? Um, I would be interested. I would be interested. I think if anything, I've learned that this story about, and I, I studied the killing fields in media in, in high school. And so we did quite a bit of work on it, um, which is, you know, it's like 12, 13 years. Ago. <laughs> You're not old. that old. What are you talking about? But, um, and that was the first time I'd learned of it. So we did a bit of work on it then, but even just watching this film, um, I learned so much more about even like the anchor, you know, they, they keep referencing yeah. anchor. I was like, what the hell's anchor? I don't, I'm not familiar with that, yeah. but it's basically the Khmer Rouge before they were the Khmer Rouge. This is kind of how it started. Um, there was no mention of Pol Pot not once this film, no. nah, yeah. not once and I think that's good you're not recognising someone do you think yeah as a five year old do you think she was she wouldn't hearing have, well, the name you kept Pol hearing Pot the other name that they kept repeating so Anchor. yeah but so. that, I think that was like the name of Kamar Rouge more than anything else rather than a person but when, like you think about you make a film about the Hitler youth and Nazism the kids are know who Hitler is hmm. so if you're breeding this young generation to do what you want to do surely they know who yeah, their I'm the boss is. Yeah. make sure you know who but I, I think that was purposely done like you don't want to recognise or put a name to someone who's committed those atrocities true that's very true it'd be interesting to see if that's in the book because it could literally yeah. be her recollection, recollection. so she just yeah, true. didn't but that would actually be a very thoughtful way of doing yeah. it um, so yeah I think I wouldn't mind reading it I, yeah it's always nice to bone up on that kind of stuff it's important to know and it's true because like so I studied history throughout high school, at university. I've, I teach history every now and then. Everything's the, in, even in Australia, the focus is on Vietnam. It's all happening at the same time, but your focus is on Vietnam. Well, so Australia specifically has a lot more to do with the Vietnam more than this. Correct, but you know, thinking about worldwide perspectives, like there are so many of these stories that you just need to highlight to. to um, yeah, that's the thing. It's it's. It's if this had happened in any Western country that a quarter of the population was wiped out in four years, this is the biggest thing you do in history. Like, so it's it's a really good point. Let's not sweep it under the rug. Anything else? I also do. You think, and you probably do because you really like this film. Do you think Angelina Jolie sits back, looks at her work, and is satisfied with this as a love letter to Cambodia? I hope so. I, so really, I really hope so. That was the first thing yeah. I was thinking. And I said, I didn't mind this film, didn't love it, but I think she should, the the amount of blood, sweat and tears she put into this, I hope she sits back and goes, job well done. I'm glad I did that. I hope so. But then at the same token, I know there's a lot of creatives who don't want to watch. They've spent so much time and effort on a film that I yeah. go back and... I mean, whether it's it. watching it or whether it's just yeah. knowing that it's out there. Hopefully she just thinks I've done an awesome job and yeah. I hope she does. I hope yeah, she does so do I. 
I got, yeah, I really liked reading about her and her relationship with this film and this, yeah. this part of the world. Well, following on from what you said about Angelina Jolie before as well, like how she was really on board with the locals and getting the permissions to film and all that sort of stuff. How, like, directing a film in a language you don't speak, mm. I did find this a very quiet film. As in dialogue quiet. Yeah. yeah. So do you think that, that a part of that is because of Jolie not having the the background in Cambodian or is that... No, I don't think it was. Think so? I think that's the point of her getting Ruthie Pan on board. Yep. And I think that was where he kind of specialised. But um, I think too much dialogue would have felt a bit off yeah. from, from what you're seeing from a five-year-old girl. Yep. Uh, last thing, would you eat a cooked tarantula or a snake? Um, because watching those scenes where she's catching that tar- that spider and then they're gutting that snake, I was like, I'm gonna have nightmares. I was like, I couldn't do that. I don't know. Not what? even for money. I couldn't. I couldn't do it. What if you're on Survivor and you had to win immunity? I guess when if they're dead, it's different. But like they showed that spider alive, and that just freaked me. But out. she didn't eat it alive. She I know. Yeah, it. I know. She cooked it. But see um, the furiness in your mouth. I, I no, I didn't. I didn't cringe at those no, things. Okay. I think I'm just. A, things I'm, I'm just a weakling. Yeah, <laughs> there's definitely things I'd rather eat less. But I'm shocking with food. So gross food like that. Ugh. Ugh. Nah, like the snake. That was. Oh, that was a good get. If they didn't get the yeah. snake, that oh. was. Um, no, that was all right with me. All right, well, let's wrap this up. Well, I just want to... Oh, sorry. I've got a did my dog bark update. Okay, good. This is weird. So, i got two dogs. I don't even remember a dog in this film. No, there's not. Oh, okay. So, Todd is the one who likes to bark at animals. And he's like... I mean, he'll bark at someone in a lab coat because he thinks it's something. <laughs> like, he, he's, he likes to bark at lots of things. But Bernie is pretty good. But Bernie had a lot of trouble with those yaks. Are they yaks? Those big... They had a lot of, like... Yaks. I think they're yaks, like big bull kind of things. Yeah. Every time there was a yak on, he would just kind of like grumble a little bit. But he won't. He won't really go with other things. But maybe he's got a thing, <laughs> thing for yaks. yaks. We need to take him out to <laughs> the wild yak yeah, brewery. <laughs> See how he goes. That's True. how they make that beer, isn't it? They yeah, the yaks. It, it, it's all yeah, real yak. Yeah. I could. <laughs> um, yeah, so I just, I'll keep an eye on that one yeah. going forward if we get more yak in a film. Yeah. Right? He's a smart dog, so you might really have a specific taste. Mm, good. All right, well, let's have a chat. like to give our films a rating out of five yep. and see what we think. Tell us, out of five, give us a, yeah. a summary. This was a great chat. I really enjoyed and I knew I would enjoy talking about this film. Um, I, felt, I felt the weight of the film as it was supposed to be felt, and I appreciated the reasoning for making it and I respected the decision to fully commit to the display all through the lens of Long. But the good thing is about this film are also the reasons why it became a bit of a tough slog for me. So the plot direction was a little bit unclear, and I did find my interest levels wavering throughout. It was a filmmaking job well done, but for me it's still just a three-star film. Okay. No no stress at all. So I, uh, I really enjoyed this film. I think I've, I've probably made that fairly did clear. You? Yeah, I, th- I think I did. Um, <coughs> sorry, <coughs> I'm coughing up my guts here. I've been holding off an all, all episode, so I now did, you're letting it out. <laughs> oh, it's all, all coming out. No, I, I did enjoy this film, and I totally get that it was a long, long film. But I was, I, I, I looked back on it, and I was like, I can't work out what you'd cut out of it. Yeah, sure. Because I was like, yeah, I don't know. I, th- I thought it was all cleverly put together. So, uh, yeah, I, it was, it was well made. 
Each shot carefully selected. It was needed. I'd recommend this to people to watch. So I've given it a four out of five. Nice. Um, so I'm chucking the calculator away because I can work this one out what out of my head. Three, so it's a three and a half out of five out of as a team. That's a good score. It's a good score, which is basically reflective of the wider film community. Yeah. Um, would you watch this again next week? I'd probably take a bit of time to watch it. I, yeah. I wouldn't rush back into it because I know. It's pretty heavy. Yeah, um, that's that but I, I think I'd definitely watch it again. And this, this is a bit like, like I said before, Schindler's List. Like, yep. I love that film. It's hard. It's heavy. But once a year, I'm going to watch that film once just to, yep, just to get my mind back around what we don't want to do as humans. Yep. All good. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So we are on social media. We have Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. We're at Flix Forum. Going back to MJ's comments throughout. The question this week is: Are you interested in investigating Wong's life after? I can't believe I, I picked the question of the question. week. I want to know. I want to know about her life after what happened. That's what I want to know. So how did she get from Cambodia to America? Um, how did she? You know th- those types of things. How did she get into this activism? What was her, yeah. her roots into that? So, have you read Mao's Last Answer? I haven't. No. So Mao's Last Answer is obviously a great story, but there's the later publications have like updates. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah, it's really good like that. Good. It lives in Australia now. Yeah. So please subscribe to us. Give us a good rating. Apple Podcasts if you can. Spotify. Next week we're back again. If you're not bored with us after this one, this long episode we've had a long episode. If you've watched this film, I hope you would have enjoyed this conversation because if you watch the film, you want to talk to this. I hope so. You want to talk about this film to someone. I'm really excited for next week's episode. Okay, what do we got? We have Gerald's Game. It's a oh, 2017 yeah. psychological horror thriller drama. Cool. I'm in. Based on a Stephen King work. Yeah. So that is why I'm in. And I've had this sitting on my watch list for a long time. Have you read it? It's a short story. I'm pretty okay. sure. Okay. I, th- I don't know. I think, I'm pretty sure it's a short story that I think I've read. You I need to double check this though. I'm pretty sure I know the story. Okay. I've read so many of his yeah, short stories. They all get a little bit confused at times, but I'm pretty... Yeah, I'm... So a husband and a wife. I'm pretty. Yeah, I'm. No, I know. I know this story. <laughs> okay, I know this story. Gerald's Game. It stars um, Carla Quiano and Bruce Greenwood. Bruce Greenwood. Name we know well. Bruce Greenwood. Yeah. I think he's been. In, has he been in a Netflix film? Oh, I think he has. I only know him by name. Directed by Mike Flanagan. Um, that's all I'm giving to two Mike, cast members. That's it. Mike Flanagan is a familiar name too. It is indeed, and I'm really looking forward to this. So um, please watch this before next week, so you can chill out with us and listen along. Bruce Thanks for being here. Has been insane. I'm just looking at him now. He's got a really familiar face. Avatar. I no. always go with Bruce. It's, yeah, it's, it's the guy you thought was, I from thought Avatar. was from Avatar, but it's he was not. in Spectral. Spectral. Yeah, yep, you're I right. I was like, I'm like, I'm pretty sure I said this. You guy called him the Avatar, Avatar guy. Yeah, the Avatar Spectral. guy. And it's there not, you go. Yeah. Okay, good. So we'll be back next week for that one. We will be. I can't wait. That'll be awesome. That'll be awesome. So thanks for listening. Thanks for the chat. That yeah, it's been great. I've enjoyed this. So we'll see you soon. See ya.